0: This is Alex, and this is James, and you're listening to the American Toffee Podcast. What's up, everybody? Coming to you after a 3-0 win away against Cardiff City. Unfortunately, we'd like to preface this recording by saying that we actually just recorded a full-length episode with a couple friends from Cincinnati Toffees, Adam Fraser and Jeff Wallner. Unfortunately, the audio track was messed up in production or post-production on our software and it did not mix properly. So with that being said, this is going to be a shorter episode from James and I because of the fact that we have been working on it for the past hour and 45 minutes and here we are from square one.
1: Yep, starting from square one, uh, really sincere thank you to Jeff and Adam for joining us on the show in the episode that will not be able to be released. Hopefully, we can get them back on another time and iron out those tech issues because it was a really good conversation and a good episode. But all that being said, the best thing about today was that Everton won 3 0, and it was a convincing win away at Cardiff, a very, very poor Cardiff side. But we did see some of the confidence return to the squad that has been absent for months now. Absolutely
0: did. And it, and it came in waves. But, you know, speaking of the match, let's talk about the lineup, right? We saw a back line, and, and it seems as though you and I, well, along with the rest of the world, were pretty off in our pre-match predictions or preferences for the lineup. So we saw Jags come, back, come in as center back the first time since the very first match against Wolves, but that was expected because Mina was not fully fit and Zuma is or was serving a, a match suspension. However, Coleman came back into the side. Furthermore, we saw Schneiderlin with his first start in about five months, I believe. And we also saw Theo Walcott start on the right hand side along with Calvert Lewin up top. You know, up top is always, always a guessing game. So, James, what did you think about the lineup?
1: Jackie Oka was almost expected because, of course, Mason Holgate gone. Not really a lot of depth at center back at the moment. So that was understandable and pretty much predicted. Seamus Coleman returning to the side. I went on record saying that I would be okay to see John Joe Kenny continue out the rest of the season and get more experience and play. But he proved me wrong today. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Morgan Schneiderlin was the biggest outlier for me. Did not expect him to get anywhere near the team for pretty much the rest of the year. And... In addition to that, to see him playing alongside Ghana, to play two defensive midfielders against a Cardiff side that were, were obviously going to sit deep and let us control the bulk of the possession was a red flag. And I was very concerned about that decision from Marco Silva, but that's why I'm not a manager in the Premier League. And it worked out. I thought that they actually complemented each other quite nicely. Gilfie Sigurdsson, it gave him a lot more freedom to kind of roam around. And so all in all, Marco Silva looks really smart after a 3-0 win, you know. He said it in his interview this week, if you win games, you're a good manager, and that proved true today.
0: You know, the funny thing about Morgan Schneiderlin is the fact that Silva said, actually, and I want to say his very first press conference as Everton manager in the summer, that in terms of the style of play and the way he'd like Everton to play that number six defensive midfield spot is the most important on the pitch. And then he went on to say that he was hoping that Morgan Schneiderlin would be his man there. You know, he started the, he started the season for a little bit and then he, was, he got injured and subsequently never found his way back into the team. But we saw him and, and he played pretty well. So in terms of, of tactics, right, we saw Cardiff sit back, they bunkered down, they tried to be pretty compact and organized, which they were for the most part. Everton possessed a lot of the ball, and and they seemed to move the ball quick, quicker than they have been
1: in recent times. Well, that's one thing that we highlighted in the pre-match was that we did need to move the ball quickly because that forces the defense to continuously move, and then you find players out of position. And By moving the ball that quickly, we saw a lot of little pockets of space open up. And then not only did we do that, but we took advantage of those pockets of spaces as well. I thought the link-up play from the midfield going forward was excellent. Um, Ghana did a very good job, especially considering it's not his strength in any way, of being aggressive, carrying the ball forward, and looking to bring the forwards into play. And then Gilfie Sigurdsson kind of had more of like a free-roaming, you know, still central, but with those two defensive midfielders behind him, it gives him a lot more freedom to get in those areas, cause the defense a lot of problems. And for a player who's come under a fire a lot due to kind of a dip in form, he really showed why he's probably you know one of, if not our best player, and now our leading goal scorer for the season. Right. Speaking of goals,
0: this is the first season in over 15 years that Everton has had two players in the double digits for Premier League goals. And while that's an awesome achievement, it does, however, highlight the fact that we have huge deficiencies across the other forward players in the squad because we haven't been scoring enough goals regardless. The, The commentators on NBC in the United States mentioned it. We had five goals scored in the last eight matches prior to this game. And that is simply not good enough. So you have to wonder moving forward past you know other than confidence are these other forwards going to start contributing
1: on the stat sheet right i mean as a forward you're measured by your end product and unfortunately a lot of our forward players just don't seem to have it at the moment and it it can come a lot of it can come down to confidence with taking the opportunities that are given to you but we really despite at the beginning of the season creating a lot of chances and just not finishing them in more recent times, it's been a struggle to even create good scoring opportunities, much less finish them. And Theo Walcott, a player who I have lambasted repeatedly on this show, did have, you know, he has the right mindset when he's in the game. He's looking to take shots. He didn't finish anything today, so not nothing new there. But he did have a couple of nice volleys that were near goals. But then you have Richarlison. You know, if it's not Richarlison and Sigurdsson scoring, There's serious questions of who else has the ability to put the ball in the back of the net. I mean, Ghana, when he's at the top of the 18-yard box, looks like deer in the headlights situation. He finally did try to pull a couple shots, and one of them took an unfortunate deflection. But yeah, it, it is a major area of concern, because especially when you're playing two defensive midfielders, you need the offensive productivity from your forward players, and we just don't really have that consistently across the front four. Specifically talking about our front four,
0: Richarlison had a pretty terrible match today. You could tell, you know, by the way he carried himself that he knew, and and I think he started to get to get into his head a little bit too much. But from him, it was it was very much even from just kickoff. You know, he would receive the ball. He didn't look like he wanted to attempt to beat his man or 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 do any flicks or tricks or anything like that. He was very much received the ball. You know essentially nonchalantly just dribble it backwards and pass it back in field or pass it back to Luca Dean at left back. Walcott, for example, he always gets himself in good positions. He always is able to to, you know, get in behind and and he linked up really well with Seamus Coleman, but as you said, end product was not there. A key to Everton's tactics while possessing the ball and moving it quickly is you have to try to use your forward, your center forward to build up play. And Calvert-Lewin, although he offers the height, the aerial ability, and his passing is mediocre, his first touch was not that good in general. And I think that we found it a little bit hard, whereas maybe Cenk Tosin in that situation, while he can't win all the balls in the air, he offers quite a bit of link-up play that brings players into the match a little bit
1: more. I agree with that. I just think it just seems like... I mean, we won 3-0, so take that taking that into into consideration. It any time that a player plays poorly, it becomes like, well, if this player had played, they would have done XYZ better, which of course that's the nature of analysis. But I think Calvert Lewin had I think he had an okay game. Like we know that he's very raw, and the same can be said for Richarlison. Um holding up, he's a strong player. He can win balls in the air better than any of our other forward players. Um, But yeah, not his best work and Richarlison, one of his more anonymous games this year, he did have a couple nice uh, bursts of speed. Uh, Jordan Pickford caught him on a couple long throws and kicks uh, breaking. But other than that, the player that we saw in, in the first half of the season is, is just not really showing up on a consistent basis anymore. And that was, of course, coming from Watford where he lit it up early and faded over the course of the year. That seems to be a similar situation going on now. It's just a case of him being young. He's very, very raw. Doesn't have the i the IQ in the right situations always. There was a point in the first half where he had the ball almost on the Cardiff end line in the box, coming down, and he tried like a flick over his head to try and like spin and beat his man. And like that move works if you're Neymar and. Hmm. it might come off one time in 10 but like most of the time it wouldn't work in like a high school soccer game in Maine like it just it's a ridiculous move when you can just have the ball at your feet and try to find an a, a, a teammate who can create something he just seems to to switch off in the wrong moments and I don't really know why that's
0: fair all good points and I know you'll always keep me honest James it, in the end it was a good performance in general and it was a good result i think that it was the best case scenario. Keep a clean sheet, score three goals away from home, leading up to a match on Sunday, which we'll preface later on. But I, I definitely live by the saying that you can only beat what's in front of you. And that's exactly what the boys did tonight. In terms of Calvert Lewin, well, I did highlight his, his poor first touch, and I, I probably came off as a little bit too negative. However, he makes a lot of really good runs that he just was not found on. And that is highlighted in the end by a very well-taken goal from about 20 yards out for the third. So I think there are a lot of positives to take. I think that we're probably going to see a lot, of, a lot of changes for the weekend. But overall, I think we controlled the match more and more as we went on. Confidence was just beaming off the players
1: after the second goal.
0: And I really can't wait to see how we look over the
1: weekend. I'm very nervous. I'm very scared. I'm trying not to talk myself into a scenario where I go into Sunday believing that Everton can win, but I can already tell that probably come Friday, I'll start to be like, well, I mean, there's a chance, and then Saturday will be, uh, we could really do this. But we'll get into the Liverpool stuff um, on our, our pre-match show on Thursday. The game today was impressive. You know, Phil Jagielka coming back in and making that early error that almost cost A very very easy goal. Thankfully, Luca Dean was there to save the day. And then Jagielka settled down considerably after that. Seamus Coleman and Luca Dean both had excellent games. Seamus Coleman coming under a lot of stick. I thought he played very well. Looked good getting forward. Had the assist. Kind of just a resurgence for him. And I think the seventeen days off did him really well. And I'd be you know we saw Andre Gomez come in pretty much at the death. Not really make much of an impact. But Bernard. Super sub Bernard comes in and he lit it up. He looked very, very dangerous. The fresh legs coming on late, terrorizing the back line of Cardiff. So all of those things are very positive to take out going forward. And I agree that there will probably be some changes going into the Derby, but I, I, I would expect Morgan Schneiderlin to retain his place.
0: That's fair. And you know what? I think he reminded us why You know, Marco Silva in his very first press conference as manager over the summer... Talked about that number six, that defensive, that holding defensive midfield slot being the most important in his system, in in the way that he wants Everton to play. Because when he plays in that role, then it allows Ghana to really do what he does best. It allows Ghana to be more mobile. It allows Ghana to distribute the way he prefers, which is kind of hyper aggressive, like short passes all over the pitch, not necessarily sitting deep and, and trying to ping long balls. Okay. Furthermore, with such stability behind him, Gilfie Sigurdsson was able to roam and really just focus on what he does best, which is being creative, because we, we we didn't see him, although obviously the Cardiff City players didn't have a whole lot of possession, but we didn't see him really focusing on trying to get back on defense and, and, and worrying about that sort of thing. So I really hope that Schneiderlin, you know, retains his place. And I honestly think this is going to be a hot take, James. We know, we know, I love him, but I think that Schneiderlin could be a starting defensive midfielder for us next season if Ghana leaves and and playing people like Gomez and Sigurdsson in front of him, if he can continue to gain some form
1: and be consistent. I mean, there's obviously a player in there because Manchester United want Manchester United wanted him at one point, and then he came to us and he had a good year. And again, anytime a player has an extended downturn in form, he's going to come under fire from the fans, which he right Schneiderlin rightfully has because he wasn't very good earlier this year. But at this point, we can't really write anyone off because we don't have a ton of depth. And so if a player's performing well, give him a go. It'll be very interesting to see the team sheet that gets named on Sunday. But we'll speculate more about that on our show in two days. Liverpool pre-match. Be sure to keep an eye out for that, guys. Thanks so much for listening, and as always, up the toffees. Thanks for tuning in to the American Toffee Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at USA Toffee Pod to stay up to date on the latest episode releases in Everton News, and we'll see you guys next time.